Thanks for listening to the Northridge Christian Podcast. At Northridge, we exist to help people move closer to Christ. We believe that following Jesus is a journey, and we want to help you through that journey any way we can. We pray that you grow in your walk with God through this message today. So prepare your heart and mind for this teaching by our discipleship pastor, Adam Scott. because there is so much energy in this room and it brings me so much joy. I love it because I love the words that we're singing, light of the world, trample the darkness. That's huge. I mean, that's, that's powerful. That's an incredible truth. But what's even more powerful is having all of these people come together. Help me out. Living in the light, okay? Sorry, I didn't have a grab. There it is, it's behind me over there. Living in the light. It's very important. Make sure you remember it, okay? Don't wanna forget it. But if you do forget it, ask Mike. He knows everything, okay? But living in the light. And as we're talking about living in the light, we're basically doing exactly what we just said. We're asking God to trample the darkness in the world around us. We're asking God to do something powerful in and through us. See, we're we're telling the world that we've experienced something. And not only have we experienced something, but because we've experienced it, now we wanna proclaim it, now we wanna share it, now we want the world to see it through us and through what we're doing. See, our goal is that we're not just gonna stand up on this stage and proclaim that God is light, but that we're gonna go out in this community and in every single corner of the world where you live, work, and play, they're gonna know it, they're gonna experience it, and they are going to feel it too. So we're gonna be doing two big initiatives this month, and this is gonna help us as we engage in this sermon series. The first one is called Thousand Acts of Kindness. A Thousand Acts of Kindness. And basically what we're doing is we're just going out into the community and we're proclaiming the love of Jesus. We're going to do that corporately through a lot of things that we're going to be uh, organizing here as a church, but we're also going to be doing that just as you go into the world and look for ways that you can show the love of Jesus to the people around you. But we're not just doing that, we're also doing something this month called 21 Days of Prayer. And through 21 days of prayer, we're gonna be asking God to show up in a big way. We're basically gonna be saying, God, it's not just our actions that are gonna change this world. As a matter of fact, our actions play very little role in changing the world around us. It's Him that's gonna do the work, and we're just trying to partner with Him. So we're gonna be asking God boldly, go before us and make something big happen. You can engage with these things on your way out. You can pick up one of these guides right here. These are on the Welcome Centers, and it will walk you through every single step of both of these initiatives so that you can engage with us all month long. You can also pick up these cards right here. Um, these say, showing, the lo- showing God's love, no strings attached. It's got Northridge Christian Church on the back with some information. We want you to give these out freely, but we want you to accompany them with actions. Okay? So that you're loving people and you're sharing stories with us about how God is moving in this community. You can share stories with us by using the hashtag NCC1000. You could just email us, send us a message, just grab a staff member and tell them what's going on. We're going to be compiling stories. Here's my challenge though, okay? My wife used to work in food service, okay? She was a waitress and we lived off of her tips. And sometimes she would get things like this instead of a tip, okay? Now, I'm telling you boldly as a church, we are not going to do that, okay? (laughs) That's not what this is all about. This is good news. It tells them about Jesus. But listen, it is not in lieu of a tip. You can only leave one of those if you tip the bill, okay? I want you to tip as much as you pay for your food and then leave a card telling them that Jesus loves them because that's how we're going to show the love of Jesus, okay? Here's the thing. This is what I want to say before we jump into things right now. 
This is a series that we're going to live together, not a series that we're just going to talk about, okay? The goals that God has placed on our hearts, these are big, powerful, audacious goals. They're not things we can accomplish with 10% of the people that call Northridge home. It's something that requires all hands on deck. We need you engaged with us this month, looking for ways that you can share the love of Jesus where you live, work, and play. Let's pray that we're going to dive into things today. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the responsibility of uh, God, just being ambassadors of your love, going out into the world and, and proclaiming love because of what we felt, what we've experienced from you. Heavenly Father, I pray that everybody that's here today experiences that love, but God, I pray that it starts a fire in their heart that leads them to go and love the people around them. We love you and we ask for you to move in a powerful way through us now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, so let me tell you a story. When I was a teenager, I used to work at a clothing store. Okay? And when I was working at this clothing store, we specialized in suits and tuxedos. And during prom season, as you can imagine, our entire business revolved around renting tuxedos for prom. The only problem was we were this small local company, and we were competing with these, these big name brands that had commercials and, and all of this kind of stuff. So we devised a plan. See, this was something that was going to set us apart. We were going to send a student to the high school in a tuxedo, and they were going to hand out coupons. It would stand out. Everybody would know, okay? It sounded like a great plan until I realized something. I was that student. I was going to be wearing a tuxedo. I gave you a picture. It's a grainy picture, okay? Um, that's not our, our sound booth's problem. That's my problem. That's the best we had back then. Um, but that's a rough-looking dude, okay? And I want, I want to say this, because we got a lot of high school students here. I, I show you this picture to say there's hope, Okay? You're going to grow up, you may still be ugly, but you're going to have a much better haircut than that right there. So, but listen, I, I spent all day at high school, I was, I was wearing this exact outfit and I was passing out coupons and I stood out like a sore thumb, but get this, it was the fact that I stood out that gave our company success. Listen, faith is like that. Faith is our belief and our conviction about who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for us. It's knowledge and trust that inspires action, but faith changes us and it causes us to stand out. You see, it transforms us into a new person so that we don't look like everybody else. We look like God is working on us, working in us, and working through us. You see, the truth is too many times in my own life, I have resisted this. Too many times in my life, I've tried to make faith something that I do on Sundays. Too many times in my own life, I've tried to make faith something that I do when there's a crisis or when I need something from God. Too many times in my life, I've tried to make faith a subsection of my life. Too many times I've gone out into the world and I've tried to prove to people that don't have a relationship with Jesus, people outside of the church, that I'm just like them. But that's not true. You see, my priorities are different because of my faith in Jesus. My values are different. My choices are different. The way I spend my time is different. The way I manage my finances are different. The way I parent my kids is different. Everything about me is changed or changing because I have faith in Jesus Christ who lived and died 2,000 years ago in my place. And that's how it's supposed to be. Here's my sermon in a sentence today. This is the most important thing that I want you to walk away with this, uh, from this message with. Okay, it's really simple. Faith makes us stand out. Faith makes us stand out. 
Like a tuxedo in high school, our faith, it points us back to the one who sent us and it gives us a purpose that others don't have. It makes us recognizable in a crowd and it causes people to question why we do the things that we do. Listen, we're gonna unpack that today with one of the most popular stories in the Bible. It's in Genesis chapter six and the following chapters, but we're not talking about this because it's one of the most popular stories in the Bible. We're actually talking about it because the character in the story was not very popular. He was different, he was unique, he didn't look like everybody else and we're gonna talk about him and recognize that he serves as proof that being different is what we're called to be. Today we're gonna study the story of Noah and we're gonna look at some of the ways that his faith made him different. The story begins in Genesis chapter six, verses five through seven. It says, the Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe away, wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created and with them the animals, the birds and the creatures that move along the ground for I regret that I have made them. Listen, this story starts off in a pretty dark place, right? I mean, just a few chapters earlier, God told the people that he created, he looked out, he said, everything is good. I want you to multiply and fill the earth. And that's exactly what they did. The only problem is they didn't fill the earth with image bearers who reflected the glory of God. Instead, they filled the earth with wickedness and evil. You see, what started in the garden with Adam and Eve spread to the entire world, and now the world is at a breaking point. But even though there's evil and there's wickedness and there's terrible things happening all across the world, there's one person who stood out from among the rest. This is what it says in Genesis chapter 6, verse 8. It says, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. You see, Noah was different. He stood out. He didn't look like everybody else. He didn't act like everybody else. Why is that? What, what was it about Noah that made him different? Well, the next verse answers that question. Verse nine, it says, Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. You see, Noah lived at a time where corruption had taken over the earth, but Noah didn't allow the evil standards of his day to sabotage his fellowship with God. See, this verse tells us he was blameless among others. He walked faithfully with God. Noah's faith made him different. Noah's faith made him obedient. That's not just true in the background of this story. You see, God tells Noah, I want you to build an ark and I want you to fill it with animals and I want you to save humankind through you and your family. That sounds extreme, right? That's, that's absolutely absurd. In that moment, Noah had every reason in the world to walk away and say, I'm out, this is too far-fetched for me. But that's not what he does. In Genesis chapter six, verse 22, it says, Noah did everything just as God commanded him. You see, Noah continued, even when it didn't make sense, to stand out because of his extreme obedience. Here's our first takeaway from this story today. Faith is expressed through obedience. And obedience to God will cause us to stand out in the world. Can I teach you a game? 
called Simon Says, okay? I don't know if you've ever heard of it before, okay? But it's really simple. Basically, all it is is I'll say Simon Says and you have to do what I say. If I don't say Simon Says, are you supposed to do what I say? No, you're not supposed to do what I say. Okay, here, let's test it out. Simon Says, touch your nose, okay? Simon Says, stand up, okay? Simon Says, pat your head. All right, you guys are pretty good at following directions. Y'all sit back down. Yeah, see... Y'all aren't very good because Simon didn't say. All right, Simon says sit down, okay? Some of you are paying attention. Most of you are not. Now, let me, let me tell you something. What if, what if, in addition to playing Simon Says with the crowd right here, I was to say the John Millage football team, you guys are going to follow a different leader, okay? You're not going to listen to me anymore. Instead, we're going to put an earpiece in all of your ears, and your coach is going to stand over here and talk into the microphone and tell you what to do. Now, they're going to be behaving completely different than the rest of you, but you're not going to hear the coach's voice, are you? Are you going to be able to recognize who the John Millage football team is? Yes. Absolutely you are, because while I'm giving instructions that you are following, they're doing something completely different. They are living their lives in a different way from everybody else. They don't have to wear something that distinguishes them as the football team. By the way they behave, you're gonna recognize that they are following a different leader. Let me tell you something, that is what faith looks like. See, even if this world doesn't hear the voice of God, they should see us and they should recognize that we are following a different leader. We are living our lives in a different way. While everybody else is listening to CNN and Fox News and politicians and pop stars and TikTok influencers and all the other things that are telling them what to think and believe and do, we're following the words and the guidance and the instruction of the Almighty God. You see, we're spending time in God's word we're spending time in prayer. We're spending time surrounding ourselves with a community of believers that are gonna invest in our lives. See, starting next week, we're gonna start talking to you about community groups and encouraging you to sign up so that you can build that kind of community and you can hear God's voice through the people he places in your path. Listen, we're not only hearing from God, but we're responding to God with our obedient actions. And that makes us different. I like the way Bob Goff says this. I rarely make it through a sermon without quoting Bob Goff. So that's what he says. It's what we do with what we know that lets the world see who we really are. When we hear God's words and we put them into practice, people are gonna recognize that there's something different about us and there's something special about our God. Let me ask you these questions. What do your actions tell the world about your faith? Is there any difference between the way you live your life and the way others do? Are you growing in your faith and expressing that through obedience to God or are you growing in your conformity to the world's standards? I ask you those questions because I've been reflecting on those questions this week. And as I've reflected on those questions this week, God has convicted me of some areas that I need to begin to stand out because of my faith in him, because of my obedient actions. I believe if you'll spend some time with those questions this week, he'll do the same thing for you. Let's go back to the story again. God told Noah that judgment was coming in the form of a flood. And so Noah got to work. He was building the ark, but that's not all he was doing. Noah was also proclaiming the truth in hopes that someone's life might be spared. You see, we don't ever see that in the Genesis account of the story. We don't see God command that. We don't actually see Noah engaging in that, but the New Testament fills in the gaps. See, in 2 Peter 
Chapter two, verse five, it says, if he did not spare the ancient world when he brought the flood on its ungodly people, but protected Noah, and then it describes Noah as this, a preacher of righteousness and seven others. You see, Noah was doing something that seemed foolish. He's building this giant ark. It's something that's too big to be hidden. It took way too long for people to overlook. And so he created an opportunity to have conversations with people about what was going on. First Peter chapter three, verse 15 tells us that we're supposed to always be ready to give an account when somebody asks us about the hope that we have in Jesus. That's what Noah was doing. As people came forward and asked questions, Noah's proclaiming the truth to them. He is faithfully executing his responsibility as a preacher of righteousness. While the people around him were filled with greed and selfishness, Noah proclaimed the truth and love and he stood out because of his concern for others. The truth is, when God spoke to Noah, his words made a pretty clear case that the people around him would not listen to Noah's message. And Jesus tells us in the New Testament that the people who heard Noah's message ignored it completely. But even though the results were out of his hands, his faith in God and burden for others motivated Noah to do what he could. Here's our second truth about faith, is that faith leads us to others. Faith leads us to others in a way that causes us to stand out. You see, some of the most generous, sacrificial, and loving people I have ever met have come from the church, and it has grown out of a relationship with Jesus. Let me tell you about one of those people who's typically sitting right here in the front. His name is Dr. Marlowe, and most of you know him. Dr. Marlowe invests in a program known as Parental Accountability Court, And what happens is people that fall behind on child support, they get to spend time with him and he mentors them and he develops them and he invests in them and he brings them to a point where they make restitution and then they graduate, they get a job and everything leaves them in good standing. Now he's not getting paid to do this. He's volunteering his time. He's retired. There's no reason he should be dealing with the heartache of trying to tell these grown adults what to do but we graduated 11 of them out here the other day. There's a lot of people that are contributing to that process, but let me tell you something. Dr. Marlowe has a heart for people because he has a love for Jesus. He knows he's loved by Jesus and he lets that shine to the people around him. Let me tell you something. You don't have to be a Christian to be generous, sacrificial, or loving, okay? But there is something supernatural that takes over when our faith in a loving God motivates us towards lost or hurting people. And it causes us to stand out. You see, you and I as Christians, we are in a relentless pursuit for other people. Let me speak to the educators for just a minute. Okay, we're gonna be recognizing the educators in just a little while. We're gonna bring you up. We're gonna give you a gift. We're gonna pray over you, celebrate what you're doing. But let me tell you something. The truth is, in most of your classrooms, Okay, God is not part of the curriculum, okay? That's just a fact, right? God is not part of the curriculum, but let me tell you something. God doesn't have to be part of the curriculum to be in your classroom because God is in you. And he placed you in a situation where you could, through your actions, you could love unconditionally these students that need to see Jesus. And as you love on them, as you care for them, as you model faith to them, their lives are going to be transformed. Same is true for the rest of us too. See, we have an opportunity to to love on people, to show kindness to people where we work, to our coworkers and to our customers, 
We have an opportunity to demonstrate love to our neighbors and to our family and to the people that our family brings into our household. We have an opportunity to show love to the strangers who are stranded on the side of the road. Our faith causes us to stand out because it sends us on a relentless pursuit to show kindness to the people that God places in our path. Let's go back to the story one more time. We're gonna find one more truth about Noah's faith that caused him to stand out that's gonna challenge us to stand out in the same way. You see, for 40 days, water fell from the sky and it shot up from the springs. It continued to rise on the earth until the Bible tells us that every living thing passed away. What a, what a beautiful children's story, am I right? I really understand how that became one of the most popular children's stories. I guess because there's friendly lions in it or something, but I mean, this is a tragic experience. Noah was on the boat for just over a year and get this, this wasn't a carnival cruise, okay? This wasn't something fancy and encouraging and relaxing that caused him to come back well rested. He was on this boat for over a year and it was full of hardship, physical and emotional exhaustion. You see, Noah was drained by the weight of responsibility. Noah was troubled by the death and the carnage all around him. Noah was exhausted by the rainfall and quite honestly by the smell of feces that smelled up the air in that boat. And if being in the car for a couple hours with my own family is any indicator, he was absolutely overwhelmed by the endless questions about when they were gonna be able to get off that boat. We don't know exactly how Noah handled the daily pressures, but we do know exactly what Noah did when he came off the boat. This is what it tells us in Genesis chapter eight, verses 19 through 20. It says, all the animals and all the creatures that move along the ground and all the birds, everything that moves on land, they all came out of the ark, one kind after another. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and taking some of all the clean animals, clean birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings on it. You see, Noah came through the storm and he was still full of faith and he praised God. Let me tell you the third thing about our faith that causes us to stand out, it's this. Faith withstands the fury of the storm. You see, hard times, they can't uproot it. Challenges, they can't destroy us because we serve and are accompanied by the almighty God. I was working camp years ago. I was working with middle school students and big storm came through and I had this one student that panicked. I mean, he really struggled with this. And so we had stacks of chairs in the corner. He crawled underneath the chairs and he was huddled together like this. He was crying, he was all worked up. As middle school students, so I crawled under there and I said, hey man, listen, we're in the safest part of camp. Nothing can hurt us here. I lied, okay, that was not the safest part of camp. He found that out too because a few minutes later I got a call from the camp director. He said, tornado just touched down, get to the safest part of the camp. And I had to look at this kid and say, hey, so everything I just said, I lied to you, but trust me now, okay? It didn't go very well. I had to drag him out. I had to push him all the way to this particular building that was grounded and safe for us to be in. Let me tell you something. I took 80 something students to that one building. I didn't take them to that place because the safety of that environment would prevent the storm. I took them to that place because I knew that building could support us when the storm came. Let me tell you something. The goal of faith is not to take away hardship but to strengthen us in hardship. We stand out not because we're immune, but because we have a companion. 
Ephesians chapter six, verse 16, it says this, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. You see, faith in Jesus, that is our defense. It protects us through hard times. And being a part of that shelter causes us to stand out. See, the truth is, we got people in our church family that are going through some terribly difficult times. We prayed for some of them this morning, people that are struggling with with COVID and, and job loss and family members that are passing away. So many tragic things that are happening in the world around us. Being a Christian doesn't mean that we avoid all of those problems, but it means that when we go through that, we're able to lean on Jesus and know that he is going to see us through. You see, if I were to point out some of the most faith-filled people in our church, some of the most courageous people that have the strongest faith of anybody else, I'm telling you what, the people that I would point you to, you would begin to understand that they got that title because of how they handled the storms of life. And in the storms of life, they leaned into Jesus and Jesus lifted them up and gave them strength to overcome all that was happening. Listen, I want that kind of faith. I want that kind of faith. I want faith that causes me to stand out. I want faith that causes me to be obedient in life. I want faith that causes me to run to others and and to share the hope I have in Jesus with them. I want the kind of faith that secures me when life gets difficult. In Luke chapter 17, verse five, the disciples, they ask Jesus, they say, Jesus, increase our faith. Give us more faith, more faith that will cause these things to happen. I think that needs to be the cry of our hearts today too. Jesus, increase our faith. If people around us don't recognize that we are believers, if they don't recognize that we're following your orders, God, increase that faith in us so that we'll stand out, so that we'll be different, so that we'll be able to relentlessly pursue the people around us and introduce them to the most important relationship they could ever have, the one that changed us and the one that's waiting to change them too. Listen, all month long, we are praying that our faith is bold, that our faith stands out, and that our faith leads other people to experience the love of Jesus too. Right now, we're gonna go into a time of communion. If you haven't been back to church with us for a while, we do communion a little bit different right now. See, after I pray, we've got stations up here at the front. We got stations in the middle and stations in the back of the room. We're gonna give you a chance over a couple minutes just to go forward, take communion whenever you feel like um, your heart is ready for that. You can take it on the walk. You can come sit down and spend a few quiet moments. You can even spend time with your family or the people that are around you, your classmates, your football team, and just take communion together. But as you take that communion, I want you to thank Jesus for loving you enough to die on the cross for you. And I want you to ask what the disciples asked. Jesus, please increase my faith so that powerful things can happen in me and powerful things can happen through me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you increase our faith in a powerful way. God, I pray that even over these next couple moments, if there's something in this message or something in Noah's story that stood out to to us, God, I just pray that it would inspire us and convict us and challenge us and lead us into a deeper relationship with you. God, I pray that right now our faith would increase and God, every single week as we talk about, God, your light and how you wanna let it be known through us, I pray that our faith would grow and cause us to stand out and cause amazing things to happen in the world around us. God, move in this place. 
pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. You can keep up with what's happening at Northridge on your mobile device through our Northridge Christian app. If you have any questions about Northridge, you can contact us at info at northridge.online.